Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to Psalm 68. Psalm 68, we read for our text, verse 11. Verse 11, if you have one of our free Bibles, it's page 577. Psalm 68 and verse 11. The Lord gave the word, great was the company of those that published it. This psalm is a psalm or song of David and was on the occasion when the ark was brought up to Jerusalem that God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Psalm 68 verse 11 Now this morning I do not intend to give a study of the history of the biblical text. The Trinitarian Bible Society has a booklet written by Malcolm Watts, the retired pastor of Manuel Salisbury, and the booklet is referenced on our library page of our website. There are many articles that are written that establish the scriptures and show the history as how we've come to the word of God as we have it today. That is not my intention this morning, but to preach the word and to strengthen our souls in the receiving of the Holy Bible as the infallible inspired word of God that speaks to us. In our day, it's the cause of no doubt for other generations as well of the great majority of departures from the truth, merging with the world, denying a vital godliness. It begins with a low view of Scripture. It begins with undermining it, being critical of it, not viewing it as the inspired, infallible word of God, replacing it in assemblies of God's people with other things, instead of the word being central, and the word being the subject of all of the worship, other things are taking its place. We should never think that that would never happen to us. I've no doubt there are many churches in this land that if we went back several years ago, they would never have thought that they would have turned away from the word, watered it down or uh, undermined it in any way. So may we be strengthened in the doctrine of Scripture. Jonathan Edwards, that theologian of the 1700s, he says, go often to the Bible to hear the great God himself speaking to you. Himself speaking to you. wonder how many times we really realise that as we read the word of God, that it is God himself speaking to us. 
And there'll be sometimes that that is a very specific word that the Lord applies to us. We all know that we can communicate one with another by hearing one another, by speaking to one another. And if someone speaks to us, we've no doubt they have spoken to us. But if that person could not speak, perhaps they were dumb, or maybe they were at a distance, and the only way they could communicate was by a letter or by a note, and they wrote to us, would we think any less of that word as being their word? Would we say that because it was not spoken and we heard it in our ears, then it is not their word? If they were giving us news, would we receive that news? Or would we say, well, we receive it if they tell us on the telephone, but we won't receive it through a note? If they were giving us direction, would we obey that direction? Or would we say, well, because it's written direction, it doesn't have the authority of being a verbal? We need to ask ourselves these questions when we come to the Word of God and ask, are we receiving this as the Word of God to us and hearing it as if it had all of the authority as if God was speaking and in our very presence, or like the disciples, as they believed the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was and is indeed the true and living God, that as he spake, and though many said, never man spake as this man spake. We read those words in the word of God, we read them. But do we really receive every word of God as the word of God? So I want to look with the Lord's help uh, this morning. Firstly, the word of the Lord. And then secondly, the word given to the people of the Bible. Just go through some of those characters in in the Bible where the Lord spoke to them. And that is what governed what they did in their lives. And then lastly, the word given to us, and especially thinking of through those that publish it, the Lord gave the word, great was the company of those that published it. Martin, it says, the army of them that published it. But firstly, the word of the Lord. How do we know it is the word of the Lord? Well, we are told by the word itself that it is so, and that God has spoken to us. In the epistle of Paul, the apostle to the Hebrews, we read that God, and this is in the first chapter, verse 1, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. 
And we are very clear that Scripture tells us that God has spoken unto us in these last days, the days from Christ to the end of the world, to the time that Christ shall come the second time with power and great glory. There's a distinction made here. He did. He spoke to us. He spoke in different ways, different times in the past by the prophets. But these last days spoken unto us by his Son. And we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the incarnate word and every word of God is pure. We are told in Proverbs 30 verse 5 that it is so. Every word of God is pure. But what God does, the words say of itself. In the second epistle of to Timothy, Paul to Timothy in chapter 3, we read in verses 16 and 17 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, that is God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect through the furnished unto all good works. Inspired, God breathed. And then we have in the second, and we read uh, in the first epistle of Peter about the second epistle and chapter 1, we read in verses 20 and uh, 21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the author of the scriptures through men, teaching them what to write, the very words what to write. And it's not of any private interpretation. We're not to read the word of God and think, oh, it means this, it means that. Scripture interprets itself. And when God has spoken, he knows what he has spoken. He knows the message. There is a message. And we are not to interpret that and make it to say what we want to say. One of the things today, and some of us have known it when we've perhaps written into a newspaper and they've taken our letter, they've taken it out of context, they've removed parts of it, they've changed parts of it and what they publish is totally different than what we meant or the message that we had at all. And some people will do that with the Word of God as well. Take it out of context, make it to say what it does not say. We should always think, what is God saying to us? What is his message? Not willingly deceive ourselves by saying, well, we want the message to say this, so we'll make the word of God say what we want it to say. That is just blind deceiving ourselves. We want to know what God says to us, what he speaks to us, and that what he speaks is authority. In the end of the uh, chapter that we read, we uh, read this, that 
in verse 25 of 1 Peter 1, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And very clearly identifying what the word is. And not just the words of the Lord in red in the Bibles, but the whole of the scriptures from beginning unto end. When Paul preached to the Thessalonians in the first epistle uh, to them in chapter 2 verse 13, he says that for this cause we thank God without ceasing because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God which worketh which effectively effectually worketh also in you that believe. The scriptures themselves speak of what they are, testifies of what it is. When our Lord was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, immediately after he was baptised, driven of the Spirit to be tried in the wilderness, Satan came to him after 40 days when he was unhungered and tempted him and said, If thou art the Son of God, command these stones that they might be made uh, bread. But our Lord again and again answered him from the scriptures, it is written, it is written. And he goes right back to the Old Testament, that man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Right back to Deuteronomy, to the books of Moses. Our Lord again in Matthew 24, when he speaks of the end of the world and the dissolving of everything here. He says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And those exact words are recorded in Matthew and in Luke and in Mark. And words very similar as well with John. The emphasising of the enduring, abiding word of God. Though all things shake, and you might feel that in your life, in providence, in all things that are happening, you might feel many things are being shaken, many things are being tried. But the Lord brings it right to the end of the world. When the world shall be destroyed by fire, the word of the Lord endureth forever. Man might be able, and he does, burn the word of God, banish the word of God. He cannot destroy it. He cannot destroy it. And we need to be very clear on these precious truths. To receive the word of God exactly as it is. Not say, well, that is Paul, that is James, that is John. Yes, they were the penmen, they were used. 
with the very word. Every word of God is pure. Not just the ideas, not the very words that God has chosen to use. Have the word translated from the original languages of Hebrew and of Greek. But has that taken the Lord by surprise? Of course not. He says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature in every nation, kindred and tongue. The wonderful miracle at Pentecost of the instantaneous, without learning, speaking in other tongues the wonderful works of God. And the Lord has and will to the end of time raise up those who are godly men, gracious men, men that know their own language well and men that know the languages of the scriptures well and are able to translate that word into the tongues of the nations. The psalmist says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart. We cannot hide in our hearts a word that we do not understand in another language. How many times have we heard someone speaking in another language? Or heard maybe even the psalms or hymns sung in another language. And they've meant nothing to us. It's not profitable, doesn't edify us. We can be told what that word is, but it doesn't help us until we understand it. The apostle, when he reproved those that were speaking in tongues in the early church and no one was interpreting, he says that if there is not an interpreter, they should not speak in tongues. Because he said, how does it touch one? How can we know what to do? How can we understand it? He said, I would rather speak five words with the understanding than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. May we bless the Lord for his word in a faithful translation in the authorised version where it is translated word for word as far as is possible and not just translated into the ideas where the interpretations of men intrude into the sacred text. We want to hear not man's interpretation but exactly what the Lord has said to us. That is a very important principle in biblical uh, translation, that we have the very word of God. I want to look then secondly at the word given to the people of the Bible. This is the record that we have of God speaking to those who have gone before us. Sometimes we can almost get the idea, well, they were almost more than human. They were different than us. But no, they weren't. They were flesh and blood as we are. They were made just like us. And our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ was manifest in the flesh, the same body, as what we have, flesh and blood, and the same soul, 
and made like unto his brethren of the seed of Abraham. And these Old Testament saints as well, we read of Elijah that he was a man subject to like passions as we are. It's a reminder that they had failings, infirmities, weaknesses, fears, just the same as what we have. We should remember this. But God spoke to them. God spoke to Noah. And it was God that told him in Genesis chapter 6 to make an ark. Noah didn't just decide to do that himself. We read in verses 13 and 14, God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And he gave him the plan of the ark. God told him. And then when the ark was done, when the time was ready to go into it, we read in the first verse of chapter 7, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. What a beautiful word that is. Never thought he, the Lord did not say go into the ark. He said come. The Lord was there. The Lord was in the ark. And he said come. Come thou and all thy house into the ark. Come unto me. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, I will receive you. Think of the Lord's words while on earth. He is a beautiful antitype of the ark, the way of saving from the wrath, the destruction that was to come upon the earth. But then in the next chapter, chapter 8, when they were safely brought over the flood and brought the other side of the flood to a renewed earth, we read in verse 16, Go forth. In verse 15, God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons with thee. Dear friends, Noah, he needed the Lord to tell him to make that ark, to come into the ark, to go forth from that ark. All that Noah did, are we any different? Do we desire that the Lord, through his word, might also instruct us and teach us in the way that we should go and what we should do. Abraham was the same. In Genesis chapter 12, the Lord had spoken unto Abraham and we read in verse 1 of chapter 12, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. The Lord has spoken to him. Abraham didn't just decide he was going to move from one place to another. Going to the New Testament with James. We are told, go to now, that say we will go to such a city and sojourn there and buy and sell. He said, but he ought to say, if the Lord will, we will do this or that. Sometimes we might feel there is a venturing 
and that we would not go and do something that is contrary to the word of God or in a place where the Lord is very evident his pleasure is not there we are to heed to the directions of the word of God the Lord in Genesis 22 he spoke to Abraham after he had been tried regarding uh, on Mount Moriah with Isaac to offer up Isaac and he blessed him the very words of the Lord he blessed him the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said by myself have I sworn saith the Lord for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son thine only son but in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. This is the word of the Lord being used to bless the people of God. We think of Jacob later on in chapter 28 as Jacob left his father's house and as he travelled towards Haran uh, then we have the Lord appearing to him in a vision by the night the ladder set up upon earth Genesis 28 and verse 13 the Lord stood above him and said I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac the land whereon thou lies to thee will I give it and to thy seed. The beautiful promise. Behold I am with thee. And will keep thee in all places. Whither thou goest. And will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee. Until I have done that. Which I have spoken to thee of. God spoke that word. To Jacob. And that word. Along with that. To Abraham. And to Noah is recorded in the Holy Word of God. It is his word that is also spoken to us, hath in these last days spoken unto us. The Lord spoke to those two on the way to Emmaus in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Then we have with Moses, the Lord appeared to Moses in the desert, and in the fiery, uh, burning fiery foot bush in Exodus 3, in verses 4 to 6, and Moses turned aside to see that great sight. The Lord God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And the Lord then gave him that commission to go into Egypt and to bring the people of God, out of Egypt. And it is a remarkable thing. When Moses was starting then to go to Pharaoh, and those of you familiar with the word of God will know they had those nine plagues, and then the tenth, the Passover. And each time Moses went into Pharaoh to tell him to let the people go, but if he wouldn't, then he'd bring the next and from verse uh, chapter 6 right through uh, to chapter 14 each of those chapters 
begins with a word that is very similar. There is God spake unto Moses and said. Chapter 7, the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee. Chapter 8, the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh. Chapter 9, then the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh and tell him. Chapter 10, the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh. And this goes on right through to chapter 14. God spoke to them. He caused them to know his will and what he should do. John the Baptist, going into the New Testament, when he was in the wilderness, God spoke to him and said to him, in the wilderness, to go and to begin his ministry. The Apostle Paul, on the Damascus Road, the Lord appeared to him uh, and uh, said to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Through and through the scripture we have the Lord speaking directly to men and we are told that in this same way in the word of God we have no other word we are not to look to man's writings we are not to look now to that speaking of the Lord from heaven in the same way that he spoke to those that we've just mentioned of. But we are to view the word of God that we have, the closed scripture from Genesis to Revelation, nothing subtracted, nothing added to it, that God speaks through that and speaks through that to us. That is what I want to notice in the third point. The word given to us through those who publish it. Our Lord tells us in Ephesians how that he has given those apostles and teachers and preachers. He's given to the church those who he has commissioned going into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Know those that, as they did, preach the word, speak the word, and even to the end of the world, I will give you pastors after mine own heart and preachers and teachers. And the word is to be preached. The command is preach the word, instant, in season, and out of season. And it is that word that we uh, seek to bring before you this morning. Preach the word. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. So it is the publishing through oral, through the word, you might say of those with the, like the TBS, they publish the scriptures in a literal way, printing the scriptures in various languages throughout the world. And the world is, a word is published in that way, in sending forth the free Bibles in that sense. The word is published and is uh, spread throughout the world. But the Lord has especially ordained that it should be 
proclaimed and published and preached. And that is what he did on the way to Emmaus. That is what Philip did uh, to uh, the eunuch. He preached Christ unto him. And that is what our Lord's ministry was, a teaching ministry. He taught them again, interposed by miracles that he performed, but then immediately returned to preaching and teaching them. But I want to, under this head specifically, think of receiving the word. When the word is published, it is to be heard. And if it's to be heard, it's to be received. How does that apply to you and I? When we read the word of God, when we heard it preached, every word that we hear, the word of God that is true to the word of God, as the Apostle said of the Thessalonians, they received it as it was in truth the word of God. That word is received as the word of God. And we should understand the Lord is speaking to us through his word. But then there will be those times that he speaks very specifically to us. It was so, as we saw with Noah, with Abraham, when the Lord wanted them to do things, when he'd direct them, when he'd guide them, that he spoke to them in a special way. And the Lord still does that to his people. Everyone shall receive of thy words. Thy word came expressly, unto me. So how do we know when we read a passage or when the word is preached, how how do we know? Do we just have to choose what we want to hear and apply it to our lives? Or does God have a hand in it? The Lord says, My word shall not return unto me void, it shall accomplish the thing whereto I sent it. If we think of the case of the eunuch, he'd been to Jerusalem to worship. He was coming back, he was reading in the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 53 as we know it. And yet he did not understand that scripture. Philip comes and asks him, understandest thou what thou readest? And he says, how can I accept some man guide me? Now the very place that he was reading, speaking of the Lord's sufferings and his death, in the type of the lamb, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. And Philip began at that same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Through that sermon, he was brought to believe that Jesus was the Son of God, and he was baptised on profession of that. So he brought to a knowledge of baptism what was required by it, and made profession of what he had been brought to believe and receive through the preaching of the word. That word had been effectual. We read when the apostles preached, when our Lord preached, 
Some believe the word spoken and some believe not. In another place we read, as many as were ordained unto eternal life believed. And so we know that word that is received by us is by the power that accompanies it, the effect that it has upon us. Those that believed, the effect was they did believe. The effect with the eunuch, he desired to be obedient to the gospel. Another way we can know is by the suitability and how applicable it is. We're told in Romans 28 that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. Our lives are not detached from the word of God. And often when we come into the house of God, we come with things that we are burdened with and troubled with, maybe have been praying over. And when the word then comes, and it comes right where we are, and it completely answers that question that has been in our mind, it interprets to us our way. And there is that due and unction and savour that attends it, then we know it is the word of God for us. The woman at the well of Samaria discerned Jesus of Nazareth as a prophet because she heard him tell her about all her life. Sometimes we can sit under a sermon and think, well, the minister knows all about us. The things that he has said, the things he has opened up, the text that he has brought, he must surely know all about us. And yet he doesn't. But the Lord does. And the Lord sent his servants to completely meet the cases of his people. A timely word, a suitable word. How we see in the book of Esther how vital timing is. And so it is with uh, the word of the Lord to his people. You think of the children of Israel waiting at the Red Sea. They first had to wait. Then the word was to them, saying to the children of Israel, go forward. Well, how suitable that was to them at that time. Not when the Red Sea wasn't divided, but when it was divided, then they were to go through it. And we also need those words that are so suitably, timely brought to us. A word in season, we might say. May this morning be a word in season to your soul and my soul. It also is known by the remembrance. The Lord never ever forgets the word that he speaks to his people. We do forget, but then sometimes we can have those words again brought to remembrance. And those are sacred times when we, when we feel that, when we have those words to remembrance. We in our private reading and together as family read consecutively through the scriptures using the Trinitarian Bible Society or machines gathering together of the scriptures and so in that way we we have the peace chosen out for us what we read each each day each morning and how often we do find that the Lord does 
ordain the timing of the reading of those passages. And this morning's one in Exodus 2 brought back some memories for me. Read of Moses here being put as a child into the bulrush, ark, ark made of flanks, bulrushes, and then Pharaoh's, the daughter of Pharaoh, finds this, uh, the ark finds Moses, and then his sister came to her, shall I go and call to the nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And it was when then she brought her own mother, then Pharaoh's daughter says to the mother, take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And, you know, as I read that, I thought back to when I was over here, probably 33 years ago, I suppose, or more, uh, when we got engaged and in East Beckham Chapel and uh, Uncle Gordon Seymour was preaching and he preached from that text, take this child and nurse it for me. And I thought at the time, I think perhaps others thought, well, what he was more aiming at was to take my wife and look after her. But at that time I had upon me very heavy the ministry, the burden of the ministry, the exercise of the ministry and the Lord spoke to me through this to take that exercise and to nurse it for the Lord. I was to pray over it, to watch over it, a bit like Mary, she pondered those things in her heart and you know, it was to be some seven years to be pondering it, praying over it, watching the Lord's hand. But then as I thought of that, then my mind went to another minister, David Field, at East Beckham as well. And he came two years running. One, uh, I think, was at the time of our wedding, 1990, then the second, when we came back for my dear wife's mother's funeral, and each, each time he brought the word, it is well. And the first time, the Lord used it, in, in my case, again for the ministry. Because that ministry, the exercise seemed to be absolutely dead as if it would never, ever come to pass. It's going to be another three years before it did, after 13 years of exercise on it. But he said regarding that Shunammite woman, and he said that child was dead. And he said, but she said it was well. And as the Lord spoke to me that you think that exercise is dead, you think it, 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 will, it will never come to life, but it is well. And I'll prove that so. And in reading the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, he brings back to remembrance 
through one chapter, through one verse, brings back a sermon, the circumstances, a chapel, other services, the second time when my mother-in-law passed away, he didn't realise he was bringing the same text again. And that again. That was the word of the Lord to us. It is well. And may that be a word to some this morning. The Lord knows your path and your case. It is well. How we need the word to come where we are. That the Lord alone can graciously suit it. It's not taken if we take a word, then we've got to struggle to support it and to convince ourselves that it was for us. If the Lord gives us a word, then we won't have to do that. His Spirit will bring it to our remembrance. It will have an effect on us. It will strengthen us. It will help us. It'll help us to go forward, to do what the Lord would have us to do, to strengthen our faith, to feed our souls. How we need the word that points us to our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, the living word. How we need that which points us to put our whole trust upon him who gave the word. Our text it begins in this way, the Lord. The Lord gave the word. And may we always have that in view. Here is our once crucified, now risen and exalted Saviour, which all the scriptures point to him. And the Lord gave the word in the beginning. He came and fulfilled the word and the scriptures in his sufferings, his death, his resurrection and ascension into heaven. And he fulfills that word in sending forth his spirit to bring the word to us and to speak to us in these last days and bring us to a saving knowledge of himself and a trust alone in his sin-atoning death, in his righteousness, and in what he has done for us. Not us, but the Lord. The crown is placed upon his head, his head who gives the word. Those whom he has saved, suffered for, those whom he makes intercession in heaven for, he speaks to them. And so the psalmist says, Be not silent unto me lest if thou be silent unto me, I become like them that go down into the pit. And our Lord says, My sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. Well, may the Lord grant us to hear his voice, to hear his word, to receive his word, 
the Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Amen.